the bare necessities, the simple bare Hello and welcome to episode 12 of That's a Shame. I am your host, one of two, <laughs> boldly ignoring my second host there. I'm Isaac and with me to my direct right is Declan. How are you, Declan? I'm well. To Isaac's direct left <laughs> is the open road. Because where are we recording this from? We're recording this from the car. <laughs> Coming at you live from Beaconsfield Road. Don't hunt me down, guys. Just for context, yep. it's half past three in the morning. Good. Actually, quarter to four now. Quarter to four. marches on. And we've, uh, I suppose it's fair to say, been banished into the outdoor realm. Very much so. By um, the other inhabitants of my house. Let's call them my family. Because, you know, I'm generous of spirit. Uh, apparently, and I don't know if this is fair. I I'm, I'd like to get your take on this. Yeah. We what, were too loud for three o'clock. Look, this is what we were being told. And <clears throat> it's not something I give any credence to myself. Nah. Um, well, although, weirdly, it is something that I'm told by my own family sometimes. Oh, but so I think there's that some they're, kind of um, similarity going on. I think they're just equally wrong. Yeah, maybe Perhaps they're colluding. Equally acoustic households uh-huh. yeah that's fair um so out of the goodness of our hearts yep. we've come to the car like absolute reprobates <laughs> <laughs> so just yeah paint a picture we're sitting in the two front seats of the vehicle uh parked of course we're not yep. driving we're not mental no that's another we are show for another time drunk well not drunk just we've been drinking we've been drinking yeah the keys are outside the vehicle. Yeah, Declan had a good forethought that uh, if the one policeman who patrols Kent comes along and is like, hello, lads. What are you up to? And we're, we're like, well, we're not driving. He's like, well, you are sitting in the, the two front seats of a car. <laughs> With the key. <laughs> so we've uh, we've left it inside. I kicked it into <clears> the bin. <laughs> quick as you like. That's just the kind of friend I am. I won't let you drive drunk. So if the car locks... Oh, yeah, there might be a bit of a break when an alarm goes off. And we move and the alarm goes off. That well, well, it's just going to wait the street. Yeah, you're just going to have to see what happens. We are So we are outside my house by about 15 feet. And I don't. we didn't really test the soundproof quality of the car. So it may be that we're just as audible as before. Uh, and it's kind of sadder if we are, because at least we've tried. Yeah. <laughs> there is also, I'm going to say this before, there's a car coming past... There it was. Don't know if you'll have heard that, but if you do, it's not going really to be too often, but you're going to have to get over it. We may also be about to be fought <laughs> by a bunch <laughs> of criminals. absolute criminals in a pirate hat. A, yeah, it's that tricorn hat that um, the very worst people wear. Hello, lads. No, they were not having it any interest. It was Captain Morgan's spiced rum. I felt so ignored hat. by them that I'm getting to wonder if we haven't both died and entered into a, <laughs> into a, sixth a different realm. realm of yeah, <laughs> the ghost man. But look, this is episode 12. You've just heard episode 11. I'm sure it was as fun for you as it was for us, yep. if not more. Nice bit of art for episode 11. Very frightening. Available on shame.city. Oh. Why not check that out nice and early? Uh, yeah, it's going to be a hell of an episode. As you'll know from the last episode, we're keeping these a little shorter than our average thus far. It's going to top out at an hour. Yeah. Fair to say. We've got all the usual features, which is to say our one feature, Hooked, <laughs> where we tell you ever more frighteningly dull and mundane tales <laughs> in the life of Tiffany, her random baby, her f- absent father, and her mother who is always an indeterminate distance And away. don't forget the mad old woman with a rock. I love that girl. <laughs> She's really added a lot to the story for me. I'm, st- I'm seeing Meryl Streep in that role. Very much. Give it five years. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. I'd like to um, set the kind of context temporarily for the show. Go ahead. So the reason nominally for your visit this time... Mm-hmm. Oh, we should say as well, we're like about 15 yards away from where we recorded the first ever episode of That's a Shame. I know, looking at it from outside. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 like orphans in a Victorian <laughs> <laughs> spinster's tale. What a great something. shame. One yes. day we'll be allowed back inside. <laughs> well, I feel we like, can feel, pull feel ourselves up our bootstraps. Feel like the little match girl. <laughs> <laughs> our flames slowly ebbing yeah. into death. <laughs> Tragic. What's the moral of the little match? <laughs> Is it match girl or matchstick girl? Matchstick girl, maybe. Yeah. She so know. she sits in the alcove. It's I think it's the the cold will kill you. <laughs> Don't go thinking that it won't, because it's not shall. even fire. It seems like the moral really is just 
don't go being poor. Yeah. Because you will die. Which is the moral of most Victorian. Most capitalism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tragic. Um, yes. So on a not dissimilar note then, you, you've come to visit for two reasons. One is that we're doing some writing stuff. Yep. And I suppose one B is that it's just always nice to see you. Oh, oh thanks. Put it there. Oh. oh. Lovely moment there. Wish you could have seen it. Uh, and the second was that it's just been, now that it is the 11th, it's been, what, two days since the, or three days, since the general election here in the United Kingdom. And we stayed up to watch the whole thing. It we was did. quite a morning. Well. <laughs> Night into morning. We say to watch it. the whole thing. We oh, yeah. saw the very beginning. Yep. At the pub just down the road from you. Yep. Then we figured, you know where is a hub of youthful, politically engaged exuberance. Uh-huh. That's university. University campus. Well, you live just down the road from one. From two. Well, they Possibly three. So we decided to head to the one we thought the biggest. Yeah, because given that we're... Um, I'm 24. You're what? 23. 23. So we're not at an age at which if you think of going to a university campus, it's because you're a criminal. Yeah. We were just... We knew there, if it had been York, there would have been a bar open at this time. Absolutely. At least one bar. Because we, last general election, as we may yeah. have mentioned in the last show, we were um, up all night watching it in D-Bar. So we thought, we know what to do. We'll head up to the University of Kent campus, something like that. Yeah. Pop along for a little visit and uh, see what, what they had to offer. And what, what did they have to offer? What they had to offer was an absolutely labyrinthine campus... <laughs> Which it's nobody true. could possibly direct us around yeah, successfully. We kept stopping people to ask for directions. They were all very nice. Very nice. Useless. Yeah. A lot of rabbits going around as well. Several. That was nice. That was mm-hmm. a highlight for me. Uh, and then we eventually meandered our way through the pouring rain oh, yeah, to, a, to a bar to find that it, it, <laughs> it, it was closed. Although peopled. They yes. were just playing snooker and not drinking. The bar was shut. They had no element of the election in play. No. Nope. It was a really surprisingly quiet, because I don't think it's a small uni. No. Nope. I mean, I don't know what I'm basing that on. Just the fact that it's always full of students here. <laughs> Based on the fact that the map looked very big yeah. when we were looking for somewhere <laughs> very specific. Yeah. And uh, I just don't know where everyone was. No. Maybe it's the youth of today. They were, maybe they were all too busy voting, because there was, as we know, a 72% youth turnout this Well done, guys. Well done. Good on you. I'd like to think that we have uh, no small part in that. I'm thinking that in, like, by the next general election, neither of us count that, <laughs> as that demographic. Ooh, Isn't that depressing? That's, <laughs> and, that's a shame. And maybe neither will many of you. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're all edging closer to death <laughs> and irrelevance with every moment that passes. Good. Well, okay. We came back. Oh, no, no, no. Well, we got an that. Uber. Yeah, we got an Uber. No, we didn't. No, we, got, we, we tried, tried to get, to get an Uber. Uber. <laughs> Turns out Canterbury, not quite ahead of the times so much as so far behind the times <laughs> that to Canterbury the times is just the, the broadest concept of drawing a sundial in the park <laughs> and hoping to God that it's midday rather than midnight <laughs> when you next wake up to feed so we got a normal cab an experience I've not had in quite some time dreadful hated the whole thing <laughs> lovely driver though shout out to you didn't vote did he not? I don't know. Undemocratic bastard. Not interested, he said. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Democracy? <laughs> Fuck off, mate. Get a grip. Uh, we cabbed our way down to a pub. A bar, rather, that was... Um, it's called The Pound. Which I didn't realise before we got there was pound as in colloquial term for prison. Yeah. Did you think it was going to be just a very Currency-based. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it is, I think. It's inside, like, the old walls of Canterbury, Westgate or something it's called. Mm. And it is, like, well, we were just drinking in a giant interrogation room. Yeah, it was just genuinely... Just two of us. It was, it was like horrible. a cross between Ashes to Ashes and Twin Peaks. Yeah, it was. It had that red light neon vibe that, uh, you know, it had the, a dangerous element to it. Yeah. Luckily, I, so as soon as I arrived, I went to ask at the bar what the score was re-election nah not not bothering with that not here. a single <laughs> didn't even have one tv <laughs> why is canterbury so like politically disparate like not know. disparate disconnected yeah it, i don't know really because um as we'll know now that it's the results have all been called as of today i think or yesterday yeah. now that we're recording but yeah canterbury went for the first time in 
Uh, let me see what a figure is here. 18,000 years. <laughs> Labour rather than Conservative. Congratulations to Rosie Duffield. Well done. Shout out. If you'd like to come on the show, Rosie, that's TAS at shame.city. Drop us a line. We'll see what we can do. Yeah. See if you can get you on the feature. And uh, it was that was nice. That was a good moment because we were, we were back home to watch that happen. Yes, thankfully we were. I mean, although we did stay out until the very until it shut. I do not remember leaving the pound. Do you not? No, I, I, it's not because I was that drunk. It's because, as you know, I don't pay attention to a lot of you don't stuff that happens. No, almost if nothing. it's like boring uh, logistical detail, then I'll probably forget it. It's not even that I'll forget it; it's that I've never taken it in. Isaac's like has one of those. Uh, disc cleanup processes running in his brain always. <laughs> I have it scheduled every 12 seconds. <laughs> Anything that isn't necessary detail to his own survival. It's just wiped, <laughs> indeed flourish, wiped from the memory <laughs> entirely. It's a powerful process that I've been perfecting. He doesn't remember getting in the car, which is a bad sign for me if any policeman stops us. <laughs> yeah, we were just driving somewhere off. Oh, fuck! <laughs> the key's in the bin! <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll take the points on my provisional license. <laughs> What do you mean it doesn't work like that? <laughs> I'm pretty sure my provisional license Drunk and what? Dis- <laughs> Driving under the witch? <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't remember that. I, but then we came home, we had McDonald's. Oh, One of us spent something great. on the living room floor. Apparently. I was told that afterwards. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, that was me. Okay. There Whilst you bringing, handing over nuggets to you, uh-huh. I kicked a little stubby. Thing. Oh, that's been done. Kick to stubby is one of the worst <laughs> things I've ever heard. Oh, Hashtag kick that stubby. Oh, our Brian's only got a kick to stubby, he isn't he? won't be it? having any more kids, will he? Not for another decade or so. <laughs> Everybody pray for him on the equinox, love. Uh, but yeah, we stayed up till about eight, I'd say. Yeah, it was about half eight, I think. And the thing about staying up till the early hours, as we are doing now, um, in in June, is that... It makes no difference whether you go to bed at, what time is it now, at four to midday. It's basically the, the same, same amount brightness. of blaring, antisocially bright. I mean, we, we haven't actually done so yet, but I'll take a picture of us. Oh, yeah, we should, yeah. For this. Uh, for little... But I'll get the, I'll make sure that I get the horizon in there. It's actually just, coming up to sunrise. Just so that you can literally see that it is daytime. Horrid. Get one of you. There we go. Wow, you look like a sex offender. <laughs> I did a weird pose. I don't know what came over you. Can I see it? No. Nope. Oh, good. That'll be on my website. See it when guys. it's on the Twitter. <laughs> shame.city at that's a shame cast, respectively. But yeah, the election, uh, what's your hot take? There are a few things. Let's break it down into a few topics. Sorry okay. to just cut you off that's before right. I even. Don't worry. I heard you inhale as if about yep. to answer and stole the breath away from you. So I suppose the re- the reaction and talk thereabout split into like the actual election and given that we're not political pundits i suppose that's not that interesting no i'd like to dig deep into the facebook definitely during the election so maybe we start with that okay well i mean there are there are inevitable stages to the facebook like scene. the stages of grief election called mm-hmm. everyone's got a take immediate all of them shit ill thought out <laughs> at best uh People are quick to share the news and share their thoughts. Mm-hmm. What are the motivations? What are the uh, potential outcomes? Who's going to win? Who are they supporting? Yeah. Who to them is scum? Uh-huh. Uh, and no matter who they are, what wing they're on, who they're supporting, they're inevitably wrong. <laughs> In some instance, yeah. they've just fucked it up. Mm-hmm. Because something that we readily admit ourselves... Uh, obviously to a lesser extent <laughs> is that key caveat most people just simply don't know enough to have a take that is in any Worth way one. influential yeah it's only when you do listen to the dangerously over-informed opinions of people who yeah. do know what they're talking about that you realize i don't know i after watching like a Hitchens speech or reading that Norman Finkelstein book, yeah. there are there are issues about which I would never again feel qualified <laughs> to offer so much yeah. as the gesture, a dream of an opinion. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give a facial expression. <laughs> I wouldn't even it. blink if someone raised it for fear that I was misrepresented. Because there is a basis of fact and research and thought. Yeah. That simply no one I know because has I, I, engaged with. I don't know if you remember 
prompt from that election night. Uh-huh. But we spent a good half an hour talking about this very trait in relation to Mr. Noam Chomsky. Oh, I do remember. And just to the the fact that, like, I don't know what Noam's opinion is on anything. I don't know if I, at, at, at this state, if you asked me and he separately, if I would agree with him on everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if even after he told me whether emotionally I would agree with him. But I, I'd never tell him he was wrong. No, <laughs> because the thing is, he's not. <laughs> the thing is, he just knows more than any other person. He's His known... brain is made out of old trees. <laughs> he is the mind of the forest. He has known everyone. Mm-hmm. If there's anything that's ever been put into text, he's read it <laughs> in probably seven or eight languages. And probably about four drafts before yeah. it came to be published in the first place. Oh, who was it? Who sent it to me? And I told them, I said. I went through it. It was terrible work. I hated it. It's it just a... Um, a brand of intellect that is so fierce. And uh, I guess we can't hold ourselves by that standard. No. Standard. No. Especially if we pluralise <laughs> words that should obviously be singular. Good start. Yes. You're ready to, combat, me, you're ready to combat Noam Chomsky, <laughs> inventor of linguistics, with your, with your avant-garde plurals. <laughs> I'm going to just redefine your field, though. It's, um, it's a shame, I suppose, that these people exist in, in the same sphere, because at least before... Uh, like a decade ago, really, to read something Noam Chomsky had written required a lot more effort than hearing the opinion of your friends. But now both of those things are on Facebook. Yep. Because Noam videos go viral. Yep. Noam videos. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a horrible genre of little Amelie creeps (laughs) pigeoning their way around gardens. And um, so it can be the case that you're scrolling through news articles like someone's op-ed that is probably like far more well informed than than average the person who's sharing it. and then you read a status about how oh fucking elections like what's the point of them mate it's all just they're all the same party anyway <laughs> blue red it's just a distraction from loving each other <laughs> fuck off it's not you're wrong you need um, to stop and obviously with that comes its own meme culture, uh-huh. uh, which some of it, very good. Entertaining. Very entertaining. Some of it shows why not everyone should be allowed access <laughs> to the same tools. <laughs> Even if those tools are concepts as basic as image and text, yeah. <laughs> at least half of them ought to be rationed away behind closed doors. Yeah, um, yeah because I... I I think the trouble is that because it's a period in which genuine comedy thrives Mm. and it's shared so often, and the same with, you know, political and intellectual opinion, that everybody decides that now's their chance to do it, either for the Facebook karma uh, or whether it's just because they, you know, they feel invigorated to do so. And I've, I've no problem... In theory. In theory, with people taking an active role in in their democracy in that sense. Yeah, let everyone have a taste. But, you know, when you have people like Frankie Boyle sharing his thoughts, Uh sharing his tweets on a subject matter, I don't need Hank from (laughs) down the road to be putting out out his question time live tweeting. There is definitely a discrepancy. Anyone who is not a celebrity who says, I'm going to live tweet this, Ooh, should be Don't ended. care about that. <laughs> that should be like an auto phrase that Twitter scans to delete yeah. your account. <laughs> like, because it, I, I can just about tolerate your thoughts and opinions if they're every day or so. Now you're saying your. You don't mean me, of course. Uh, no, no. Of course wow. not. No, no. Yours in the general. Yours in one. Yeah, okay. Ones. Uh, <clears throat> but if they're going to be polluting my time feed uh-huh. with their time ill-informed... <laughs> it's a mixture. Wow. <laughs> Just let it go. <laughs> Moving on. With their ill-informed, yeah. unfunny yeah. drivel, then uh, what a shame that I'm is. going to have to unfriend you both in the cyber as Mr. Trump would like to Cyber. say, and physically. Yeah. I think uh, there's an interesting parallel between something we discussed in our stand-up 
episode, which yeah. was episode four. Good knowledge. Hope that's right. Um, it is about how both humour and politics are things that people think they know more about yeah. than they do, and think are ineffably personal mm. rather than uh, not that. <laughs> Which you know, given good point, <laughs> given that they aren't, given that there is an objectivity to like how many people are in poverty. Like these are things we can measure. Um, one sense that, like, yeah, but you know, they're probably. I trust Mrs. May. Like, she's she's doing her best. She's. I trust her to ensure the best for our country. And you're like, well, have you? What do you think about this? <laughs> have like, you looked well, at any of the facts about? Oh, don't it. worry about that. What four hundred thousand more children in in poverty? Nah, don't think so. And it's um odd that there are only a few topics where people will privilege knowingly and kind of um celebratorily <laughs> that's a word <laughs> thanks name name is literally <laughs> name is crying. he's writing a letter to someone to have a shut down <laughs> um will privilege their own opinions above fact as if they are better it's not like by accident it's, no it's that's what's good it's like well we all have different opinions is that what we do but but some of them are wrong <laughs> but also that's there are the great thing there are it. facts involved as well yeah there can be both and your opinion can be nullified by fact awesome. you're allowed to have it i suppose just means you're an idiot yeah <laughs> i'm afraid what do we think about the election results uh for those who don't know it's a fairly complicated and still as of yet not quite confirmed permanently yeah necessarily arrangement in which, uh, without getting too boring, we've got a hung parliament, no party won an absolute majority of seats in Commons. So the Conservatives, who were the largest party, uh, have sought a fragile, <laughs> <Tenuous>. problematic <laughs> alliance with the DUP, which is a party... <laughs> which doesn't believe in evolution, Anyth- no, doesn't a- believe in women's rights, yeah. doesn't believe in... LGBT rights. No, their immediate concern, as we saw in the news today, was to lower the. What was it exactly? It was oh uh, yeah, like it was the about yeah thing. about when about timings for yeah. abortions. Basically, they want all of that gone. Um, I saw a lovely quote from one of them from one of the sitting members from just a few years ago talking about how the Earth was obviously four thousand years old. Yep. Good use of the word obviously. Yeah. Ironic. Not knowing them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that kind of vibe that has really startled the electorate <laughs> in some places. There's uh, not a lot to be... Particularly to given their very strong links to ongoing terrorism. Yeah. In the face of their two-year campaign against Mr. Corbyn for... <laughs> brief <laughs> for association at a member with of the past IRA. terrorism for once yeah using inclusive language to say the word friends in an obviously gestural sense in a formal <laughs> because, sense. because he didn't get up in front of hamas to give a speech to them and say all right cunts <laughs> what? you ready you want some dreadful um good night for labor in a way yeah it's i mean it you can't move away from the fact that it is objectively a loss yeah but it is, in its own sense, a victory, given how preposterously far behind they were uh-huh. in the polls. When and there's also a potential that by partnering with an even further right party, <laughs> the whole concept will come crumbling yeah. down for the Tories of, yeah. of success. It's, mm. uh, and there were some, like we said, some really key and startling Kensington, Kensington. richest county in constituency, county constituency in, in the country. It would be like it took them until like about one a minute ago, seven o'clock. <laughs> we the just next got day. a telegram. <laughs> Someone came and knocked on the window, shouted Kensington. Yeah, it's a, it's been a, a, a shake up. Yeah, Canterbury, so one of them. Exactly, Canterbury was right at the top of the old swingometer. The swing. Yeah, unexpected. Uh, I mean, Rayleigh and Wickford stayed conservative. 
Oh, you surprised me. <laughs> no, it seems that that one person who wrote War Pig on Mark Francois's poster didn't quite get what they wanted. Damn. Didn't quite get the, the public reception they Who'd were hoping for. Who'd have thought? But there you go. Mark Francois. If there's a civil right, he's voted against it. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to come on the show and be berated, <laughs> Mark, TAS at shame.city. I think let's get back into the Facebook thing because... Um, there is a lot to say on it. And one of the things that I... We've only really talked about pre-election. Yeah, we only speak about so the So the theme stages. that I'd like to pull as uh, the thing that I find most reprehensible and unforgivable and just deeply and viscerally irritating to read are not the people who are necessarily commenting with an opinion about, like, oh, I hope the Tories win, I hope uh, Labour does well, or I hope the Lib Dems are decimated or whatever which are all opinions that you know have there are arguments for all of them yeah better or worse yeah i'm gonna say worse for two Some. out of three <laughs> um it's the people who know that that's coming so there's a a level of intelligence i think or a level of insight which must be like the sweet spot between being uh too stupid to appreciate it yeah and smart enough to or at least perceiving of yourself that you're above pure commentary yeah it's it's a cowardice i think fundamentally Definitely. it's someone who's too afraid to share their own opinion so instead is going to attack usually through the passive aggressive uh meta commentary the upside down smiley face that's the one i do love that emoji though one of my faves uh to attack the whole concept of of engagement or of you know having an opinion so in the pre-election phase these are the people who upon uh hearing that an election has been called rather than posting about like oh here we go again like yeah lots of campaigning incoming or wonder who i'll be voting for this time or like immediately changing your profile picture to i'm voting labor or whatever yeah these would be the people who are like oh another 38 days of insufferable everyone's a pundit have a go hero politicians light on my facebook can't wait dot 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 feeling dreadful or something and it's that kind of abstraction from dealing with the serious and unignorably like impactful yeah problem that well, is <laughs> democracy and it's and it's as well that being annoyed that everyone on your facebook is going to be considering themselves a pundit is as we've expressed here a fine thought to have yeah but if your only vocal contribution is to be annoyed that people take it seriously go fuck yourself literally i think is the answer <laughs> it is that naive and well it's not even naive it's worse than that isn't it it's, it's that knowing ignorant, yeah, it's a lack of naivety yeah. i think it's it's thinking that you're that you have an insight which everyone else because who has not thought God, it's a bit tiring that everyone has to have a shout about yeah. it. But that's the point of politics. What's the alternative? No one gets to talk about it. Well, with Theresa May's new internet <laughs> regulations. If you like the we'll internet, find you'll love not the Tories. <laughs> you probably won't be allowed to get our podcast for much longer. Very much. This is going to be top of the list to be shot down. Especially as you pointed out, sitting in the front of this car with a microphone a perched on we the do, We do look like we're in some sort of authoritarian state of taking the show us. on the road so they don't get caught because they've bugged the rooms. <laughs> we we, we can't we, stop. Before we, before we came out, we, we did some noises that pretend like we were going to sleep. Set the I've bed. shut up a loop, yeah, like yeah. Ferris Bueller. If anyone knocks on the door, a big broomstick sits up in my bed and says, go away, mum. I'm loving the Tories. <laughs> <laughs> we are the 2017 pirate radio oh my god we are driving our way around life shouting nonsense into <laughs> into the void and hoping that the void tweets back at that's a shame cast void if you're listening we'd love to hear from you so yeah there's that's the pre-phase is um this knowing uh bemoaning of the sheer fact that everyone's going to want to engage i hate also with a uh, mm, it's difficult for me to hate these people too much because most of them are people I'm friends with now. But people who will then like message me about like, God, did you see her status? Did you see his post about the election? If one more person says I'm, I shouldn't vote Tory, then I might just do it. I think that's, 
I understand the impulse, but I think you've got to take yourself more seriously than that <laughs> as, as a human. <laughs> I think you've got to be able to put that by the wayside and just get a grip. And, and Facebook has provided us with, the, as we know, the unfollow. Yep, unfollow. See Un- less like so this. Unfollow so that you don't have to seem petty enough that you've unfriended them, yeah. but you don't ever have to see anything they say the ever again. middle ground. Yes, Thanks, Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg, send us a tweet. And um, it's it's really in the final days of the election process and certainly in the immediate aftermath yeah it's those it's the like three days the day before the day of the day after i think the worst comes to the fore and it begins for me there are kind of two bookends to this process which i would like to to throw out and i know we've both talked about them we've talked about specific instances that we will not mention no for fear of retribution friends and siblings of (laughs) friends and siblings (laughs) dreadful you probably narrow it down from that really oh well i'm sure don't bother bother doing that uh it's so there's the first one is the post it's a kind of passive aggression i suppose masked behind a kind of friendly bubbly optimism that's like goodness can't wait for two days time when everyone gets off their horses of division <laughs> to use a, a, oh. an image that no one's ever <laughs> brought up before it means nothing when everyone gets off their big pedestals and stops throwing fruit at each other and realizes that come on guys we're all just one you know we're all we're all trying our best we can't attack people for their opinions and it will be great after the election when everyone just goes back to posting pictures of Food. To specifically quote (laughs) from a post that has annoyed me. (laughs) Look, that's all right. It did annoy me. It's an annoying post. Yeah. Uh, What do we think about that sentiment? Not that post in particular, but the sentiment broadly, because it's. I saw it in about like twenty-five posts. Yeah. It just. It propagates something that you know that we mentioned earlier. This attitude that some people take, which is that. The election, that mm-hmm. politics in general, but specifically that vote is just like a little game. Yeah, like it's uh, like it's just a, a fun little parlor game that you play while when you've had yeah. a drink at home. It's like Monopoly Democracy yeah. Edition, where you know you you have all your opinions and your shouting, and then you put your little X in a box, and then that's it until five years time or two years time. Or maybe September <laughs> when we have the next election, and then you can, you know, you, then you can bring all that up again. But once it's not directly relevant, mm-hmm. and you know, I wonder if it is a symptom of living in a representative democracy where democracy means you have one vote every half a decade, yeah, and beyond that, your input is decidedly minimal. And even then, your input is decidedly minimal. Well, yeah, exactly. First past the post, <laughs> but. Uh, but it, it neglects the fact that this literally affects people's lives. It's and for some people and means that, you know, if it, the result goes one way, they will live. Yeah. And if it goes the other way, <laughs> there's a very good chance that. that they will die. Well, I mean, you were talking about the the paper itself from the, the DWP. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a really interesting thing that someone links to in a blog post. All the most interesting insight I find is... Uh, little blogs people have sourced there's a kind of blogger out there who is the most meticulous sourcer of statements yeah and so you'll read these posts and be like god that can't be true and then at the bottom there are 85 footnotes <laughs> like okay well i'll i'll see if the first 10 are true yeah and then just assume the rest you take like a random sample yeah. and one of these statements was about how um it was much on the same theme really about how it's not a one-day event and only from a position of extreme privilege can you be so fucking stupid <laughs> as to condemn people who are, of course, going to be fucked off and are going to like like you less if you vote for a party which harms them and their family and people they've known growing up in a material, like, measurable way. And one of the links was to um, a Department of Work and Pensions study published, I think, last year that was just about their getting people back into work program where they assess you for if you're fit to work. Yep. They have this, I don't know if you've seen the Ken Loach, I, Daniel Blake. Yep. It's that whole, uh, it's what the whole film is about. It's you go through these tests that are more or less, uh, superficial 
about like quite vague medical things and they're all it's it's less that they're superficial it's more that they're uh tailored to absolutely this imaginary average person <laughs> for whom they apply <laughs> in that most disgustingly bureaucratic fashion and you go through these tests and our computer returns go back to work mate or <laughs> nah he's about to die <laughs> turns out that computer's only been fucking lying to everyone because by their own admission the stripping away of disability benefits in order to push people back into work prematurely has led to the deaths the actual deaths within six weeks of being sent back to work of thousands of people in the last like i think it was six years or something it might have been even fewer now did they was that on the bbc that you found that oh the, B- <laughs> the bbc you say that beacon of non-bias laura coonsberg burn in hell tragedy <laughs> Interestingly, not. Um, someone just gave us such a oh, weird such look. A strange. That's look. actually the first one we've had though, because yeah. about maybe and, twenty people have walked past. And I mean, let's be honest, that person Looks is in flip flops <laughs> at four a.m. in about one degree of heat. Actually, no, it's really it's warm. Actually, sixteen degrees C. Goodness, bit of weather update for you there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> don't say we don't give you the facts on that. To yeah. show straight from. <laughs> deaths by disability policy <laughs> to the weather, to the weather. <laughs> it's it's a, basically how the news normally plays out yeah <laughs> but with less gravitas um going back to the facebook thing the people who are who are so comfortable that they can't envisage a world in which it's okay to be fucked off not just at um the world or the state of democracy or the electorate in a broad, impersonal sense, but, I, but to be directly <laughs> fucked off with someone who I know as a friend who has voted to harm me, and I'm using me in the loose sense because I'm going to be fine. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, guys. Straight white men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, life is easy. It's fine. Privileged guys. <laughs> um, that we said from a car. <laughs> <laughs> doing a podcast it's the most middle class medium of yep. all time <laughs> but yeah the uh lack of imagination i think is it's exactly the reason that i don't believe in the whole like conservatives and theresa may in particular are evil argument because i think she's just a product of a multitudinal extension of that same inability to imagine a life outside your own circumstances mm-hmm. where if people who are like f- at least Facebook friends with people from different backgrounds, yeah. with different wealths and social classes. Someone who's like doing a job rather than having gone to university at sixteen or something. If if you're friends with those people and you still can't empathise, or even if you don't want to care, if you can't intellectually transfer your own consciousness onto oh, it must be pretty shit if you suddenly don't get any money for doing that job. <laughs> must be a bit shit if your wage hasn't gone up in a thousand years and if your real-term wage increase is joint worst with Greece <laughs> because you their economy Greece? collapsed. That used to exist. <laughs> rather than the voluntary theft of money by an austerity-driven bullshit, then uh, I question your commitment to humanity, really. Hmm. And I certainly question whether you should be allowed to post that in a Facebook status <laughs> and end it with a fucking smiley face emoji and pretend everything's fun. Because, it, yeah, like you say, it's not this argument that people who think differently are necessarily evil. And I mean, we both have friends and indeed family yep. who vote who vote differently. Um, and it's not that you can't get on with people like that. that you can't like them or love yep. them but but it is that whilst doing that because the payoff comes both ways because i've seen people on my uh timeline sharing things that are like you know oh you vote that way i vote this way let's just uh let's just go and have a drink you know it's it's right and you're like that's fine yeah as long as it comes with the payoff that also I'm allowed to be angry that you've supported a party that the UN have (laughs) intervened to say is is going against human rights. It's a shame, the old human rights. But don't worry, we won't be going against them for long. We're getting rid of them, boys. (laughs) The DUP. (laughs) You know, it's uh, you know the the sort of intervention from the UN that you expect them to have for I don't know, say South Sudan, (laughs) but not an ostensibly. (laughs) 
first world yeah. progressive nation like ours. It is odd, the ability to distance oneself from their politics. And it's something that I've never agreed with. I remember reading, like, when I was... Probably when I was doing work experience, which is year 10. And I did work experience in a court. Because I think I had a vague sense that I wanted to go into law at the time. About... Uh, it was this pamphlet about how to network or something wanky. I think it had a slightly more legal bent. It was about, like, how to network with law people. Was that the law bent at the yes, end there? Yes, that was it. I uh, subtly threw that in. don't know if you noticed. And one of the things, it had this horribly contrived acronym for a list of topics that you must never broach when meeting someone for the first time or when even i think it was just when in any social situation really right so it was like if you're at a party and you're meeting a firm or if, it, if you're like at an interview and you're talking to other candidates there are certain things you should never ever discuss and they were i won't remember all of them but it was as you would expect it was things like religion politics um money like how much you earn things like that and i just remember thinking like I couldn't understand. I could understand the religion one more because I think people in this country, at least, feel uh, rightly or wrongly, and I myself lean towards the former, slightly ashamed of talking about a devoted religious belief in public. And I don't mean that cruelly. I just mean that we don't have a very high tolerance for public discourse or something as private as... Yeah, by the way, I think all the gays are fucking wrong. <laughs> yeah. They're going to hell. And they're off. <laughs> and I think that's for the best. Like, I don't think religion's an inherently bad thing in every sense. And maybe we get into that in another episode, because that's another, <laughs> giant another topic. topic to approach. Yeah. But yeah, so I can understand that one a bit. Um, the politics one, though, is just so strange, because what is politics if not just, as I posted the other day, rather contravening everything we've discussed about getting involved in yeah. politics. Oh, no, we're both guilty of it. <laughs> um, if not, uh, the aggregate of your character. Like, it's not just you tick a box or put an X in a box. It's you say, what are my values? Like, who who am I as a person? What do I prioritise? And what do I care about? What do I think other people deserve is, I think, the key question to anyone who's lucky enough to not be directly impacted by things like cuts to welfare. You have to ask yourself questions about what other people's lives, in theory, even if you're never going to meet them, mean to you. And if your answer is, (laughs) then I think on some level you're either wrong or bad. And there's no getting away from that. I can forgive it if you're also hilarious and yeah, oh, buy yeah. me a drink. Like, I can forgive it on a social level. Yeah. But I could never like go into a serious friendship with someone for whom their their entire character and worldview was so outlandishly different. It's it's just like I think it's partly a, a problem that both I think it's a problem that both sides have in essence, in that one of the the kind of rallying cries of the left, which I say in the broadest, (laughs) loosest sense possible, is that it's important to understand and empathise with others' lives, circumstances, the way that they've either been raised, the the experience they've had of the world. Uh, And I do think that there are people... Uh, on the left who forget that when thinking about their own politics and are incapable of trying to think about why somebody might vote differently to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there are reasons why, both intellectual and, I think, environmental. And so it's not the case, certainly for me, that I believe people to be inherently cruel if they if they vote right, I I used to consider myself, as we know, a, a right leaning person, a conservative supporter, if not voter, until a year two years ago myself. And I think that there is a necessity, certainly, if you're ever hoping to change anyone's perspective, of attempting to understand why that might be, because as we've said, yelling at someone that they're a racist yeah it's not necessarily the most effective isn't isn't hasn't ever won anyone over you've every right to do so Mm. if it's the case uh, but it's not it's not going to change their mind whereas there are ways i think 
that I've experienced myself of addressing issues where that is more likely to. Because, I mean, if you've grown up with nothing, even if it is, you know, uh, ironically under the rule of a party that you support, mm-hmm. if you've grown up with nothing and grown up having to work hard, work shit jobs for shit money your whole life, and you've done that for others, you know, to put food on the table or to bring in money to pay for something for other people, to hear that there's a party that wants to give everyone that, even if they haven't put in the work, yeah. I can 100% so I sting. feel why that would make you angry and why you'd feel like people don't deserve that. Yeah. And, you know, again, it's not an experience, thankfully, that I've had to have. I'm not in a position where I have to feel that kind of sting there. But there are people who are in that situation. And I understand, therefore, why it's hard to kind of let go of that feeling. Mm -hmm. But simultaneously, there is a responsibility on people who feel that way to look at it from another perspective as well, as in the whole system that's being proposed by the left is that you wouldn't have had to do that. It's difficult, I suppose, because um, it's an it's a quite a especially in the Trump election, we had a lot of like whenever anyone got angry, a comment from like high up people, not just some internet troll, but like a serious pundit would be, it's people like you, <laughs> outrage merchants. This is why Trump was elected, and I think in a way the left has a well, there are two problems i think with it one is that the distinction between like personal and systemic relations between politics and people and i don't feel personally as someone who's far left and has been for like as long as i've been politically aware i don't feel that it's my job to convince people and to as much as i like want to empathize with people it's much more in theory but not on an individual <laughs> basis so yeah. I, I which I, it makes me a dick in a way i suppose but it's also not that bad because if that were in place then everyone would be a lot better off i don't feel like i have to be nice to people whose opinions i find reprehensible but at the same time i acknowledge that successful politics would be for whichever was the most prominent leftist party to put across a very cogent calm argument that starts from a place of understanding Mm -hmm. and that says yeah i get why you feel that way and i mean i do get why people feel that way i just don't feel that i have to put in the work to lead them across and i I don't because it's not i'm not a politician and if people aren't aren't willing to put in the work on their end either yeah well there's no point anyway is there because there's also this researched um more or less spurious i would suggest increasingly less on the correlation between at least education level of attainment and one's politics, which suggests that, you know, to put it bluntly, if you're voting right wing, you're more likely to be less educated than if you're voting left. And of course, the right wing answer to that is that universities are establishments set up to kind of indoctrinate people in a state subsidised environment to get them all to vote for like pointless gender studies that's not me saying it's pointless that was this imaginary person um courses and all that stuff but if we take as the basis that a lot of it it mirrors the personal experience i have of a lot of people who have read a book and then be like oh yeah maybe i won't maybe won't just hate black people (laughs) here's an idea i think the left has incumbent on it a kind of unwinnable task where not only does it have to advance its own platform, it also always has to persuade more because there's this great Stuart Lee article that I talk about constantly, (laughs) which is called Where Are All the Right-Wing Stand-Ups? And his essential thesis is that, well, it's twofold. First of all, the literal answer is that right-wing stand-up doesn't work as frequently in our society because uh, comedy is about punching down and it's not funny if you're <laughs> it's about punching up <laughs> sorry i retract that lads <laughs> it's about uh attacking the big guy and it's not funny to just bully someone who's in a losing position from which he extrapolates the broader 
uh, semi-alarmist, but also not necessarily incorrect thesis that the right is, he says the right will always win and that like society will crumble, will burn all the fossil fuels until we have no ozone and the sun consumes us all. And I mean, he's being, you know, exaggerating, but hyperbolic. Yeah. I think the, the, the way I take it is that it's a default state and it, and it is like you see it in, all kinds of societies if stuff goes to shit then you look after the three nearest people to you and everyone else can go fuck themselves because <laughs> who's got the time like if there's not enough food we need to look after people nearby you see it i suppose to a more to mm, i don't know there are, there are arguments against it but there's also an essential tribalism that is like evolutionarily supported yeah that even undermines the fundamentally like social element of the human animal and so if that's the case, and if we default to the right in any scenario that triggers us, to use a, a somewhat loaded word, then surely it's not the job of, of the left wing to not only put forward platforms that make sense, but to also win everyone who is scared around. Like, it just seems like a, a losing battle. Mm. It seems like too much to take on. It's especially the case... I mean feels like a cliche point but cliche probably in the sense that it's just very true when you do have a a mainstream media machine that is entirely designed to Mm -hmm. convince people that such thought is alarmist yeah uh and then equally with the other hand to alarm people (laughs) of uh of entirely the wrong things that you have if you know Every newspaper and most news outlets every day are telling you that Jeremy Corbyn will bring a coalition of chaos or that, <laughs> or that maybe the climate change agreements are fucking you over slightly. Mm-hmm. They mean you have to use more bins than Bent bananas. <laughs> what are we doing with them? Or they're telling you that there are, you know, swarms, to use their own words, yeah. of immigrants coming across the border when there aren't necessarily. Or if they're... And the ones that are have been proven so many times in to be every single study the economy where the actual problems are deflected yeah where like even with things that are an issue because it, it would be wrong to suggest that immigration hasn't affected anyone negatively i think certainly at least on a personal level but to say that perhaps there's been exactly no focus by any government in the last i don't know century Mm. on pushing integration where instead it's well if immigration is going to happen funnel these people into the poorest area of the country and see what happens happens. oh look it turns out what happens is turns out what happens is they have to fight for the cheapest job so everyone hates each other uh where instead you can just talk about numbers yeah and uh, and not worry about what happens afterwards, where people's focus is, well, are, are we having an open door? Are we having freedom of movement? When, Managed, that when, was the buzzword oh, yeah. the last few days. Where it's not about that, it's about what happens once people are here. They are statistically proven by a near infinite number of studies. To <laughs> well, be... it's, not, it's not even the number <laughs> that matter, it's that there are no studies disproving. No. <laughs> no studies with a shred of evidence against... The conclusion of multiple prestigious institutions. That immigration is an economic boon to the country, uh, that it helps you, that even beyond economics, that immigrants are propping up the infrastructure that helps to keep you alive and safe. Yeah, and contribute in a major way to culture at large. Yeah, yeah. that to folk to sort of like forget all that so not just forget it all to never have mentioned it and never hope to mention it and instead to say we're going to shift this to here's a picture of 40 people on a dinghy oh watch out or three people getting off the back of a lorry uh they're everywhere yeah you can't stop them 45 but five of them drowned yeah exactly to say Oh, look, haven't you noticed that there are more takeaways in your area? What could it mean? <laughs> Coming for your food. They're infecting by, your very By dinner. making it for you. What's the, <laughs> the again more interesting. Again, the Stuart Lee line of uh, coming over here, inventing <laughs> us a national cuisine. Oh, that makes me so angry. It's I just... Like, but again, food. If, if you... 
like it's a perfect system though because if you are someone who who is working class who's having to work either one job all day every day yeah. and when you're not doing that raising your family doing all this or if you know beyond that you're working multiple jobs if you're too tired don't have the to, time or yeah you to or the effort or the bother yeah. you don't want to because you're involved in a system that keeps you that busy just to stay alive yeah then yeah why would you bother reading a study when when would you have the time yeah and so yeah i could i can again 100% see that if that was all i was getting was a, a a constant message that this is ruining my life then i would i would probably believe it was ruining my life yeah and it's sad that things are that are, that are set up that way it is sad and we don't have any answers uh, immediately. <laughs> Sorry, unless you, in case you were hoping for some yeah. for the last fifty five conclusion, there is no conclusion. I'd like to address one more thing before we go because we should wrap up presently. Okay, and that is uh, a post I saw on one of our podcast groups today. And as you know, we have a love hate relationship. I think I was going to bring this up, but go on. Well, it's much like the Facebook phenomenon we've been talking about. Of yep. the, it's the same one. <laughs> yeah, is it? Yeah, of uh, the separation of person and politics as if they aren't one the manifestation of the other um and it was a post that said something you may remember it better than i do it was a question i think about like pet peeves or something in podcasts and it was like oh do you have anything that you really dislike no, it was like don't know about you guys oh uh, was it even as wanky as that yeah don't know about you guys fucking idiot which is always phrased so that you know they think, oh, everyone's going to agree with this. Yeah, don't know about you guys, yeah. but, uh, but uh, here's a statement that everyone's going to love. Yeah, and the statement I'll was, probably get shot down for this, but <laughs> yeah, it's that kind of um, horrid idiot vibe. He was basically making the point that po- uh, podcasts which are not expressly political, talking about politics, is just a giant turn off because politics is everywhere these days, guys. Like we never stop hearing about Trump, this. Clinton that, Corbyn what, <laughs> Mayweather, and uh, to that person, I'd like to extend a personal... Farron Go who? fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, look, I'm not saying we've got answers. Um, all I'm saying is that we've got an opinion that you've chosen to listen to for the last hour or so. And, um, indeed, possibly for the last 15 hours or so. <laughs> and, yeah, we're not saying it's better than anyone else's, but... Why would hearing more people's opinions be a bad thing? <laughs> what sort of idiot are you that you think you live on an intellectual island where you have to tune in? And the very act of choosing which opinions to, to draw from on a basis of like qualitative rather than, oh, this person's got a degree in knowledge. <laughs> uh, Is that what you, bachelor's yeah, in BA, BA in knowledge? knowledge. <laughs> they spell it with an N, it's ironic, degree. <laughs> But just the fact that you'd be like, oh, God, how dare they? Because a podcast I listen to, The Morning Stream by Scott Johnson, check it out. He's uh, interesting politics, kind of libertarian bent, so not someone I really agree with on a lot. But I understand he comes from a good place, and I think we'd agree on more than we disagreed on. But whenever he mentions, quite rightly, some of the mentalness of Trump, people email him into oblivion, <laughs> saying, how dare you bring up the most important world event <laughs> affecting our lives at the moment. It's just so strange. So what we're saying is, in spite of our 50-minute rant... Yep. that people, Inebriated rant, that let pe- us say. Yep, yep. That people shouldn't use their public platforms uh-huh. to vent their ill-informed <laughs> opinions on political mm. events. We firmly stand by our right yeah. to use this platform to propagate our own potentially more (laughs) (laughs) at least at least we're considering they're taking an overview of other people's opinions so if that doesn't make us better than them i don't know what does this knows what we can do to please you bastards (laughs) but like declan says look uh posting your opinion everywhere is obviously going to fuck a lot of people off we accept especially that. If it's i'm sure people will stupid yeah and i'm sure people will get to this episode and be like these guys are cunts yep. i won't be listening again fair enough it was lovely to have you i think i think some of them are my family <laughs> <laughs> well, very sorry i didn't mean any of it i'm drunk <laughs> but look we defend in that uh probably misattributed to voltaire fashion your right to have your opinion no matter how ill-informed let's all just talk about it a bit more without getting too angry let's just have a chat
That's what that's, I'd like to that's, say. That's the opinion we lampooned earlier. <laughs> yeah. that's, and that's the one we'll end on. <laughs> we're not saying we're not hypocritical. Oh, absolutely not. We're very clear. We have... We hypocr- discussed this off air, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we have a hypocritical attitude to hypocrisy, I Yeah, because quite often we'll be like... There'll be a bit where we're talking about something and we'll be like, of course, we're not saying this from a position of, you know, we're not geniuses. And then off air we'll be like... We were so we right. Were definitely on the <laughs> on the fucking money there, lad. Oh, but this has been episode twelve. <laughs> Coming to you live from a frosted up a frosted car. car. It's so warm. I'm I'm somehow very warm, but also aware that if I touch the window, it's freezing. Yep. It's like being in a tent when it rains. Horrible. Oh, I mean, that's the one. <laughs> I I think we should forego hooked. Um, yeah. Well, maybe not. Maybe we'll make this the longer one because it's a big topic, the general election. I think we might want to end, end on, a, on a lighter note. Yeah. So, guys, right. Declan, why don't you recap where we've the story so far? I couldn't possibly. No that would imply been... that there's been any followable narrative. I've opened Shazam instead. Good. So let's go <laughs> to that. Fun the Shazam function. Basically, um, we left off with. Uh, okay, there's a woman outside with a rock, <laughs> of course. Yep. Mum, ever the pragmatist, tells her the windows will hold. It would take a lot of force to break them. Maybe the kind of force that would come from smashing with a rock, Mum. Yeah. Um, Mum, interestingly, refers to herself as Mummy and says Mummy's coming home soon. Oh, that was a creepy bit, wasn't it? I think it? that's potentially frightening. Then there's no one outside. <laughs> In that Keep the door look, story locked. style. Don't see her, but her car's still here. Yeah. Maybe we should go from there. Don't see her, but her car's still here. Okay. Yeah. So. Here we are. Episode 12 hooked. Here we go. Watch us change into character now in this audible meeting. <coughs> I don't see her, but her car <laughs> is still here. That was quite the transformation. How did you know who it was? Who is she, Mum? Someone your father knows. I knew nothing of her until recently. I, I don't understand. What are you telling me? Actually, it's what aren't you telling me, which is, is such it? a bizarre question. What aren't you telling me? <laughs> well, all sorts. Today was a very bad day. Why? This is my, my favourite line from the last episode. Oh, great. Now the baby's crying again. FML. <laughs> FML <laughs> demon baby in the I basement. Have, I have to go down. What? what? Don't to. say that like it's one that you were babysitting. Yeah. Oh, this was a ghost. I have to go down there. Don't you dare, Tiffany. It's not safe. Go hide until I or the police get there. I can't wait for the police. They're taking too long already. That's 20,000 cuts. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sorry. Guys. Pol- <laughs> policies, bias, policies, yeah. bias. Honey, please stay put. Mum, I'm freaking out here. I have to do something. There's just dot, dot, dot. There's so much you don't know. Well, tell me. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. Tiffany there, very much the voice of the reader. I didn't want you to know. Know what? What your dad did. What did he do? (laughs) It's you again. Oh, yeah, no, I had another of those tactical images. How does he know this woman? I don't know how they met, but... Dot, dot, dot. They both regret it now. (laughs) I think we should leave it there. I think you should say one more line. What happened is irreversible. And that's the sort of cliffhanger that keeps us hooked. (laughs) (laughs) This has been That's a Shame episode 12. Sorry for our drunk political opinions that ended up being self-defeating, but, you know, that's life. That's us. It's a complicated mess. That's the... That's a... That's the... (laughs) (laughs) Right, Declan's left the car. I'll wrap this up, lads. See you next week. It's been a hell of a show. Say bye, Declan, as he re-enters. Bye. Bye, guys. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities, oh Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam, I couldn't be Oh
tree to make some honey just for me. The bare necessities of life will come to you. The necessities of life will come to you. The necessities. 